I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Down the blind, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. Sharkies versus the Doggies. Uh, this is an interesting one because, like, you know, Sharkies looked in control and, and it was a good win, but were they as ruthless as they could have been? I don't know. I don't know. Guru, thoughts about the Sharkies versus the Doggies? Yeah, it wasn't uh, Sharkies' best performance. Uh, I mean, they still didn't play anywhere near their best and they managed to get a win, holding anyone to zero in this competition's a good knock. I... I think the one positive take of this for Cronulla is that they won and it wasn't all about Nico Hines. Mm. There's other guys that stood up and did a good job. I thought uh, Matty Moylan, his game was sensational. Mulatalo um, hasn't hasn't crossed the stripe in a in a couple of weeks. He scored two, was unlucky not not, not to score a third. What did that coincide with? He switched switched the right edge outside yeah, outside, outside Nico. Yeah, that yeah. right edge is a gold mine at the Sharkies. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, Britton Acor, I, I said it last. I think he's been so consistent over the last few months. Good to see him finally getting some attacking stats to fall his way. I, I thought he'd go huge this year. Britton, he's just been very consistent. Now he's starting to get those stats. But yeah, Shark, he's not there. Oh, I, I thought being Andrew Fafita's last home game, I really thought they were going to explode in this game. Thought they were going to go really well, but still managed to get a win. So they'll take it. Six line breaks to zero. Um, only missed 18 tackles, so that's a really, really good sign. Like, that's actually a really fucking good sign. Um, but their completion rate 64%. So, yeah, if, if they sort that completion rate out, it's it's a scary thing they'll be able to sort. Like, like only, th- what was it, 18 missed tackles? I think that's the least of the, the whole round. So they missed 18 tackles but had 18 errors. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that's impressive. Yeah, 18 errors, 66 as I said, the completion rate was fucking terrible. Wow. Um, completion rate was 64%. And that's why I was like, ooh, I'm not convinced. But, mm. again, that foundation is there. The defence defense is key. We all know that. Defence wins premierships. When you've got 18 missed tackles, and, yeah, you could say it's against the doggies, whatever, there's still some hard blokes that tackle the doggies. Um, it, just that completion rate. You want to be hitting perfect form now. The Sharkies took over South this week as the... 
uh, most errors in the NRL this year. Yeah. Where are the roosters on that, do you know? Yes, give me one moment. So a little bit of concern in regards to the um, the errors. Like it's, you just can't be doing that in finals. But the good thing is, is you can fix that quickly. Like that can be a quick turnaround. Roosters are third. Yeah. So Sharks, Rabbitohs, yeah. Roosters. And that's the other thing I'd say that I think with those three teams as well, like at least a lot of their errors are when they're playing footy. Mm. Like that, that, those three teams do move the ball around quite a bit. So not not trying to say it's a positive or anything, but it's probably I don't think it's <coughs> as bad as what it probably looks. Well, I was like hoping that it would be similar to like Para Raiders as well, where they just fucking put the team to the sword. Mm. That's what I wanted to see out of the Sharks, just come out and belt the, the yeah, doggies. Timmy, what do you think? Yeah, no, that's what you boys touched on there. Guru touched on with the the nature of their attack, which is what I wanted to talk about because – I mean, 18 errors is too many every day of the week. But I was going, going to touch on how I, I love the way Moylan and, and Nico float and play both sides of the field. They're not stuck on their edges, and I've touched on that before. And I look at the first try they scored where it was actually Moylan swinging out to the right and, mm. and hitting Mully Taylor with a gem of a pass to score that one on Nico's edge. Mm. And I think the expansive way that the halves play, in particular at the Sharks, at the Roosters, and... And the mm. Rabbitohs, Cody does as well, playing both sides. It leads to more errors, mm. but it also leads to a lot of points because of the way they're doing it. It's terrific footy to watch, and defensively it's so hard to defend because you don't have these sort of monotonous robotic structures coming at you, which can be really effective. Like You yep. think of a side like Melbourne, particularly in the early 2010s, tw- mid-2015, like 2015, that sort of era, mm. where they're very robotic and their structure, it worked for you. Mm. You knew it was coming at you defensively, yep. But they ran it so well that you mm. couldn't stop it. But this is just the complete opposite. Whereas a defensive line, you don't, you have, you've got no idea what's coming at you. Mm. And, and I find it a terrific brand of footy to watch, and it, it does lead to more errors. And it doesn't mean that you can't win games of footy with those high error rates. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, when Roosters, when they went back to back or whatever, they had mm. a pretty poor completion rate. I think they were top maybe both years. Like, yeah, so it can worse, be not, a 65 yeah. is too low. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's hectic. And I, to be <laughs> fair, in their defence, and this is, again, no knock on the winger who I think was debuting, he did have five of the errors. Yes. So if you take that out, uh, you're looking at around 13 errors, which yeah. is still not good enough. Um, you know, so they had a, a rookie winger on the edge who still ran for 184, um, 184 metres, made six tackles, didn't miss any, and had 12 tackle breaks. So he had a fair crack, no doubt. Oh. Um, Just confirming the Roosters did have the most errors in both of those years. Yeah. yeah, so it can be done. But I think they're around a 75% completion rate when they won the comp, um, like in those those games, I'm pretty sure. So the, the good, interesting thing about the Sharkies as well is statistically they got the best goal line defense in the NRL. So like if you could just – you don't have to be the highest completion rate in the comp but if you could just tweak it a little bit to get around the 75% completion, they're going to be tough to beat, really, really tough to beat. Um, and their attacking structures, it's almost – I'd argue it's as good as the Rabbitohs when they're flowing. I think it's, it's, it was definitely better than the Rabbitohs on the weekend. The Rabbitohs were quite clunky, but it's just so smooth to watch. Moylan and, and Nico Hines are just, just – it's just really enjoyable footy on the eye when you just watch it all unfold. Um, but the positive is, even though they had 18 errors, they still kept the dogs to nil, and it was six. You know, they scored 16 points. Um, you know, Royce Hunt ran for 141 meters. You had Brendan Hamlin, Hamlin Yoweli, uh 104 meters. Um, Blake Braley, 49 tackles, only one missed. Um, 
Siffer just goes about his work again. Mate. 206, seven tackle breaks, yeah. 86 post-contact. Siffer is a victim of his own incredible form. Yep. If he didn't come out and have that wild couple of games, we'd be every week we'd be going, far out, Siffer is killing it. How good is he? Because he's been putting up, you know, there might have been a bit of a lapse maybe after Origin, but he's been putting up these numbers all year long. I think actually as a centre, he has the most average run metres. You'd have to, I reckon. Uh, just all, we, all year long. And we've spoken about it a lot this year with like Isaac Tungo over at the Panthers, how impressive his metres have been every single week. Sifford does slightly more every single week. Mm. But you're right, because we get so used to that really – we know the high ceiling he's got and he's not hitting that, but he's just being consistent as hell. I think he I think he gets the rough end of the stick constantly, Talakot. And you've got to remember, like, this is his first year at centre. Centre, yeah. Imagine, imagine how good he's going to be with another few years under his belt, knowing when to come in, not to come in. Like, even, even little things like timing an outball with a fend. Like, you're not going to learn – you're not going to have as many reps if you're a forward. Like, you, you're still fending as your forward, all that kind of stuff. But a specialist centre, he has spent an extra, what, 10 years perfecting that. I think, like, Lomax is a really good example, like, perfecting that perfect step with the fend or whatever it is. Um, and I just think Talakai is going to get better and better. I really, really do. He, he is just so impressive. There's also been a lot of change inside him as well. Like, all year it's been either Wilton or Wade Graham. They've swapped and changed throughout the year. Moylan on that edge, he's missed footy. Will Kennedy's been out for a number of weeks. So, hasn't all been perfect on that side mm. either, attacking-wise. Yeah. <coughs> so, yeah, look, um, the Sharkies, again, not a convincing win in the sense of, like, when you compare them to, you know, the top tier. But the good thing is, is the things that are a problem, it's not like they leaked a bunch of points and they won 44 to, to 30 or something like that. They leaked zero points, they only missed 18 tackles, and they've got the best goal on defence in the comp. You can work, the little other things are real easy, quick turnaround tweaks that you can get right. Also, you put a post up about it, but shout out to Aiden Tolman. Mm. Last couple of games in his career, he makes 39 tackles and misses zero. Like... Talk about a bloke that just got his job, got his work done every week. 315 games he's played. Fuck. What an oh. effort. In the middle. In the middle. Jesus. And never getting recognised the way that he should. Yeah. It's just. crazy. Um, now on to the doggies. Again, not much to talk about because they're out of it. But um, Paul Vaughan, once again, got through his work, got some good stats up. Uh, I thought Raymond Fatala Mariner also had a quite a good game. Um, Max King, again, got through some uh, some – Meter, meterage um, but I don't know they just if I'm being honest ever since the Potter I don't like announcement with Seraldo coming mm. feels like they all just took a bit of a step back and said you know what like Potter's not going to be here next year we're not going to make the finals you know the season's over that kind of rebuild for next year whereas I feel like Again, I don't know internally, but maybe the – not the threat, but the idea of if Potter's going to be our coach next year, we can't afford to play poorly under him because he's going to be making decisions about who's here. Um, so, it was look, it's only 16-0. It wasn't a terrible performance by the Doggies, but they definitely have taken the foot off the pedal in my opinion. Yeah, and it's hard to tell exactly what's happened behind closed doors, but I definitely get that vibe as well. Um, and it is a, it's a long season. It's been – up and down for them. It's been exhausting, but yeah, it sort of feels that way to me and kind of makes sense. I don't know. I've obviously never been in a first grade squad, but if you do know that the coach isn't going to be the coach next year, still other time, guys mate. coming in. Still time. Yeah, <laughs> I won't give up on the dream. Um, 
Uh, I saw. I, I thought it was interesting this week. If you are Seraldo, do you keep Mick Potter in your coaching staff? <clears throat> Ooh, it's interesting it's a because tough like one. Because even Potter, I think Potter said, "Yeah, I've been offered mm. a gig. Uh, it's whether I, I'm not sure if I'll take it." Even that, if I'm a head coach, I don't want to hear that. Like, I don't want to hear that you. Oh, you're waiting to take it, are you? Like, I, it just wouldn't sit right with me as a head coach. I'd be saying like, "You either it just it, you want to be on board or not." And again, you can, I can offer it to you when you can privately mull over it. Um, but yeah, just the public, I don't know. And I can understand Potter's frustration. If he, if he is frustrated of like, he's the head coach right now. Mm. And it, you, you could argue like, well, it's a bit, you know, it could be seen as like condescending of like, I'm the head coach and now I've got to go work under you. Even though I don't think that's the case. I think Seraldo's trying to be, mm. you know, put a branch out. Um but if, yeah, if I if I was a head coach and I saw that he, you know, he said that I'd offered it, but you know, you see if he takes it or not, that would pump the brakes for me. Like, oh, hang on a sec, is there an issue? Here? Even when you take that out, if you're Serrato, do you, do you want the guy as the assistant that they were seemingly really happy with and played good footy with? Like, if it, if it does, if they do struggle a little bit next year and there's a bit of pressure on Serrato, I don't know. It's a yeah. case by case situation yeah. um, because he also could be great. Like as mm. in to keep that connection to the playing group because you don't want to – the problem with – like the hard thing for Serraldo is he's finding the balance between being the tough head coach that the players are off because he makes all the tough decisions and losing the playing group. Yep. And so if he gets rid of Potter and the, the players love Potter, then they might be off him from the get-go and it's, it's a harder battle for him. But as you said, if the players love Potter and then they start playing poorly and the players start <coughs> – pointing like looking towards Potter and we were doing really well here so I'm not sure what the right answer is I, I'm not I'm really not sure I I, I, I respect Seraldo for offering that though mm. you know that that takes a lot of it's big yeah it's big to yeah. be able to offer that straight away um shows respect oh, I think it shows respect and, and appreciation um but I'm not sure what you do even as Potter like I think Potter has proven that he might you know I think he's proven that he deserves at least a crack at a first grade job because, like, to turn around, like, they've gone from, like, couldn't win a game to really good footy. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I think it'd be great for the entire club if Potter was to, to sign on and coach as an assistant next season. I think if you're Seraldo, you're taking this holistic approach and looking at the big picture and going, there's a bloke here who took over a side mid-season who were in all sorts and he turned them into a winning football side who were competitive against most sides in the NRL. You'd be able to lean on that and say, what made them tick? What did you change? What worked? What didn't work in the back end of the season for you? He's got plenty of NRL first-grade coaching experience to his name. You can lean on that as well. Um, and a healthy club is a club where you've got all the, these coaches and players hopefully in harmony and there's no, you know, as far as Potter goes, you know, if he does sign on as an assistant, I'd assume nearly every assistant coach in the NRL would have a clause in their contract where if they get a head coach yeah. elsewhere, they can go and break contract without any issues. So for Potter, I think it makes sense. Uh, for Seraldo and the club, I just don't see how they can't be a better club by having Mick Potter on the coaching staff. Yeah, it's interesting. Do you, I wonder whether, like, the whole hook thing at the Dragons is a very strange, like... They seem to back him, but at the same time, there's there's whispers that they don't. And then they got Flanagan there as well. I wonder if the Dragons are just eyeing Potter to see what happens there. Because, um, like, again, I think I've been really impressed with what he did at the Bulldogs. Door- 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 